0: Listen to what could go right wherever you get your podcasts. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show for those interested in the big and small moments of history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today, we're looking at how an empty dessert plate inspired one of the most iconic toys in the history of outdoor play. The day was January 23rd, 1957. The wham Toy Company produced its first batch of plastic flying discs now known to fans of all ages, as Frisbees. The idea of throwing around a flat flying disc goes all the way back to the discus in ancient Greece. But for the modern incarnation, we can look to 1937. That's the year when a 17-year-old named Walter Fred Morrison and his girlfriend were playing a game of catch with the lid from a popcorn tin. Apparently, they had such a good time with the game that they started looking for something more durable to toss back and forth. That's when they came across one of Fred's mom's pie tins, which quickly became the couple's disc of choice. In fact, it was that very pie plate that they were playing with on a beach when a passerby noticed how much fun they were having. He asked Fred if he'd be willing to part with the pie tin for a quarter and since it had only cost a nickel to buy brand new, Fred happily agreed. Soon after the encounter, the teen went into business, selling flyin' cake pans all along the beaches of Southern California. Fred's beachside business had to be put on hold during World War II so that he could serve overseas as a fighter pilot. But all the while, he kept thinking of ways to improve the flying discs that he and his girlfriend who was now his wife by that point, had had so much fun with. By the time the war was over, Fred had his answer. He found that by adding a sloped edge, his discs would fly better and stay in the air longer, too. Today, that same slope is found on all official Frisbees, and it's still known as Morrison's Slope, in Fred's honor. Of course, the famous Frisbee name was still a few years off at that point, though Fred did try a couple different names in the meantime. Hoping to take advantage of the growing space craze in the U.S., he dubbed his new disc the Flying Saucer, before eventually changing that to the much more alliterative Pluto Platter. Armed with this far catchier brand name, Fred traveled up and down the California coast, peddling Pluto platters out of the back of his station wagon at beaches and local fairs. Then, in 1955, his fairly modest sales caught the attention of the founders of the wham Toy Company, the proud creators of the Slingshot and the Hula Hoop. They quickly snapped up the rights to Fred's disc and released their own plastic version of the Pluto platter on January 23, 1957. Within the year, the company had sold a million discs. Wham-o kept Fred Morrison's space-themed name during the first year of production, but in 1958, they decided it was time for a change. According to legend, the wham founders were interested in Fred's disc partly because they had recently taken a trip to New England, where they had witnessed some Yale students playing catch with pie pans from the local Frisbee Baking Company. The students would take the empty pans from the dining hall and toss them back and forth while yelling, Frisbee! to warn of an incoming pan. The practice supposedly dates as far back as the 1920s and was pretty common in both Connecticut and New York. But that said, even Whammo's own website admits that the founders might just as easily have been inspired by a comic strip from the era called Mr. Frisbee. Whatever the reason, Whammo relaunched their flying disc under the name Frisbee in 1958, and it immediately caught on at playgrounds and college campuses all over the country. In the following decade, Whammo began marketing frisbee playing as a whole new sport leading to sales of over hundred million units by 1977. Today, the official Frisbee is owned by the Mattel company, who bought the toy from wham in 1994. According to them, more than 300 million discs have been sold since the product's debut in the 1950s, which is pretty impressive for a pastime that got its start as aerodynamic garbage. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's show, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also drop us a line by writing to this day at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have supervision, enhanced hearing, extraordinary reflexes, to be, dare we say, superhuman? Well, Roku's new Pro Series TV can't do any of that for you. But with a 4K screen, side-firing speakers, and a blazing fast refresh rate, it'll sure feel like it. Elevate your entertainment using all your favorite apps like iHeart and play all your music, radio, and podcasts with the new Roku Pro Series. Your senses aren't better. Your TV is. work.